Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Side to Side Sportscast, where it's your boy, Will, and I'm without Woody and CJ, but today we are still going to break it on down from the court side, the ring side, the sidelines, and for those sports they play outdoors, we outside, we side to side, that's how we ride. And we ride in today with a Philly special. Now, Philadelphia sports fans, the last time you heard the two words Philly and special next to each other, you remember Nick Foles catching a touchdown in what would be the Philadelphia's Eagles' first NFL championship. And as a Dallas Cowboys fan, it's hard not to spit up in my mouth by even saying that. But we got to keep it real. Today, I'm going to have three Eagles and Philly fans representing the 215 with me and we're going to start off with our main man andis ab what's up baby what's going on what's going on how you how y'all living how y'all living hey, doing good man we're doing good hey ladies and gentlemen abs hair studio you know if you want to get a fresh lineup you got to hit up abs hair studio my man's and so we'll sharp like the clippers are named after him his name is andis ab on social media but, Ab, man, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who's your favorite sports teams? My favorite sports teams? I'm going all Philly. You know, I love the Phillies. I love the Sixers, the Eagles, and, you know, a little bit of Flyers. You know, I keep up with my Flyers. Okay. So, listen, I wouldn't expect anything less. You represent 215 to the fullest. Now, what's those teams that you can't stand? Oh, <laughs> uh, the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I you know what I mean? The Lakers. Uh, that's pretty, that's pretty much Lakers. where it is. What about the NBA? Do you got a team you hate in the NBA? I said the Lakers. This, the Lakers. Oh, you said the Lakers. the Lakers. My bad. I missed that. Okay, so you can't stand the Lakers. And then, and, then, and, and and baseball and baseball it's the Atlanta Braves because they always stick it to the Phillies. Oh, so we don't like you. Don't like the Cowboys, the Lakers, and the Braves. You know what? And I ain't mad at you, man. So, what's one of your favorite sports memories? My favorite sports memories, uh, gotta be Philly special. I mean, you said on it, you know, what I mean, in the intro before you bring us in, that Philly special. That, that, it was just a special moment. You know, Tom Brady them. I think they tried it beforehand. They didn't get it. They didn't get it. And then, and then my man Nick Foles, with his basketball background, got that ball at the highest point and brought it in and, and, and got that touchdown. Man, we won. Okay. You know, that's how we okay. might not see the next in the next cup in ten years. We might not see that in ten years. So, you know. Hey. I'll take that all day. I'll take that all day. It's up to me. Hopefully, you don't see another one ever. But you know what? I ain't no hater, man. It is what it is. <laughs> and um, and I, I got to ask you, what's your most forgettable sports moment? Man, I really don't got one. You know, I'm a big sports okay. fan all around. So I watch all different things from boxing, basketball, football. You know, I even like to watch my hockey fights. You know what I mean? But, okay. You know, just all around hey, sports guy. True sports fan. Nothing, you don't want to forget nothing. If it happened, it happened. You know, now yep. I'm going to bring on our boy representing Hargit from Philly, Bob Bramette. Can't wait. Can't wait. What's up, BOB? How you guys doing? Hey, man, we doing good over here, baby. Hey, tell us a little bit about yourself, man. What are your favorite sports teams and the most, the most disliked teams? It was Eagles, Sixers, Phillies, Flyers. Okay, that's I I I, I that's my name right there. That's the order. The Eagles can give me the bad move for eight months, so they they're nope. at the top. You know what I mean? 
Okay. Um, and the teams you don't like. Come on, guy. Come on, guy. Come on. Control man. everybody on the site. I hate the cow cowgirls. Them cowgirls. I hate that rusted star on the helmet. I hate it all. Oh my oh, god. Uh -huh. You had to go to the, you had to go to the star though. Yeah, the rusted star. I can't deal with it. Do you hate any other teams or is it just the cowboys? No, I hate the cowboys. I hate the Boston Celtics. I hate the Mets and I hate the Pittsburgh Penguins. Ooh, I see. I can agree with you on the Celtics and the Penguins. I don't got no beef with the Mets. Shout out to the Mets fans out here in New York. And um, what would you say is your favorite sports memory? Um, well, he took 2017, so I won't do that. But 08, when the Phillies won the World Series, the first time oh, I got to be grown up okay. and watch my team win the championship. Nice. Yeah. Okay. I was definitely I was definitely on Cotman and Frankfurt <laughs> down there after they won that. No, I used to live there then. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Hey man, listen. I was at the parade, and I'm not even a real Phillies fan. I can't claim it's just I was like, "Yo, party! I'm out there." So it was yeah. lit. And um, if my Cowboys ever win the Super Bowl again, I will be flying to Texas. But we're not here to talk about them, man. Most forgettable sports moment, Bob. What would you say? Um, I I won't even say the moment. I'll just say the name, Rondé Barber. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> hey, tell the tell the sports fans out there why you want to forget Rondé. There was no – we were closing the vet. We get the ball to start, drive down the field, score. Just like just, – and, and plus he looked just like that dude who played for running back for the Giants, so I hated him even more for that reason. But <laughs> I, I'm not – I like – because – that kind of like let the wind out of our sails when that happened. Mm. I knew right then. I'm like, crap, we ain't winning. Definitely yeah. a forgettable moment for Eagles fans. And um, did, hey, did they ever? We, did they ever? Did they? Did they ever play together? The two brothers? They never played together. They, they? did not. No, they no. did not. Only in the backyard. Only in the backyard when they were kids. <laughs> right? That's the only time they played together. Right now, representing Mount Airy to the fullest. We got one more Philadelphia sports fan. We're going to bring him on. It's our boy, Jason Parker. What up, Jay? Hey, what's up, y'all? What's going on? My man, my man. Hey, man, so listen, tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, what are some of your favorite sports teams? Uh, it starts with the Sixers and Eagles. You can go 1A, 1B. It's the flop. Okay. Um, I follow the Phillies. I don't really follow the, the Flyers as much. Uh. The Phillies actually, I'll follow them and I'll get kind of annoyed if they're not playing well. Flyers, I get taken or leave it. It's like, okay. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, those are my favorite teams in terms of that. Uh, follow the Hurricanes, uh, football, and college football. But other than that, no. That's, uh, no, that's my Okay. Yeah. Hey, I just want to say in Philly, typically 90% of Philly likes all Philly teams, no other team matters. I'm one of those castaways. Listen, I know I'm not accepted as a Philly fan, but I accept it. But all three of you represent the city to the fullest, passionate about your sports teams. So uh, what teams do you dislike, Jason? Um, I'm not so much of the type of, like, I don't like the Cowboys or like that. I used to dislike them, but then I just kind of, I don't know. I just feel like I'm just focused on the Eagles. I like the team. I don't really care what that team does. And to be honest with you, I like it more when they're actually good because when you beat them, it's like, you beat a good team, so you know right. it feels better. Uh, sort of just like though, really, it's one team. Well, maybe two: the Utah Jazz and the Boston Celtics. Uh, just 
Can't do it. <laughs> no matter what. That's the same thing here, man. Look, this, you know, I cannot like the Jazz or the Celtics. I, I agree with you on that. And you know what? I like how you said the Cowboys don't matter. You focus on the Eagles. But listen, although I am not an Eagles fan, I want the Eagles to be good because when the Cowboys just win easily in a the division, they get smoked in the playoffs. Like it's, it's, it's like they're not ready, right? And I feel like the NFC East brings out the best of each other. That's why historically it's one of the most dominant divisions in football, right? Uh, Jason, do you have a, a favorite sports moment in your in your lifetime? All right, so it's in the Super Bowl, so I'm gonna take that. I'm gonna go with that one. I'm gonna go with something a little different. Uh, Celtic and Celtic. Sixers, Bulls, first round. 2012, I think it was game okay. five. Iguodala hit the layup, put us up one. I think about, I think it was almost the time expired. Won that series. The same Derrick Rose got hurt in the first game, but that was still an exciting series. It's one of my favorite versions of the Sixers teams because they just it was all grind, it was all heart. It just execution yeah. was a lot of flash. It was just well, it was it's my favorite type of basketball. Awesome, man! I remember that well, man. That was definitely a gritty Sixers team. And um, what would you say if there's a forgettable moment that you have? What would that be? It was I was thinking of Rondy Barber, too, because that was, like, one of the few games, the Eagles, I just walked out. <laughs> I was watching with a bunch of people. As soon as he accepted the ball, I just left. I was like, all right, I'm out, man. <laughs> I didn't even say goodbye. I just got up and left. <laughs> um, man, I know that. But it, since he took that, but I'll go the whole Super Bowl against the Patriots. Uh, it's 2004, I think. That yeah. wouldn't hurt. Like, the whole game was just annoying, so. Hey, man, I remember at my job, I worked for – Chrysler Financial at the time, and they were having an Eagles pep rally. And me being known as a Dallas Cowboys fan, they told me I can't eat. They was like, look, if you want some food, you got to put on this Westbrook jersey or you get to go home. I was like, do I get to go home with pay? They was like, we send you home. We have to pay you. I was like, well, I'm out then. I'll see you, man. I, I, I went in an AI jersey thinking that, OK, I know this is your moment. You know, I'm going to wear my AI jersey. But it was like, nah, man, if you're not wearing Eagles, you can't eat here. I was like, dang, you know? <laughs> but, hey, man, that's Philly for you, you know? I respected it, you know? And, uh, I was like, Chrysler. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> but, hey, let's talk about the E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles! And I will never do that again, ladies and gentlemen. No, no. It's all about one Philly. Time. One more time. No, Just no, one more time. No, no, we'll never no, 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 <laughs> have it again, right? But, listen, <laughs> Let's let's talk about your Eagles, man. I listen. I gotta say, on this very show, before the season began, I predicted the Eagles to go three and fourteen. You know, because it's seventeen games now. I said this is gonna be a bad year. You know why? Because first year head coach in Nick Sirianni, forty years old, didn't call plays in his past life. He was the offensive coordinator, didn't call plays. Nick Sirianni, Sirianni hires a offensive coordinator with one year of coordinating experience right and that's shane steichen so i'm like that doesn't look good and then you hire a first year defensive coordinator who's all 39 years old again young coaching staff and uh jonathan gannon and all of these guys have to coach jalen hurts who only had four starts to his name to me and it wasn't even being a hater I said the Eagles are going to struggle this year. You came out the season two and five. It looked like I was going to be right, but maybe a couple games off. I didn't see another two or maybe three wins max coming. But listen, just as resilient of as the city of Philadelphia themselves, the Eagles came marching back and finished the season nine and eight 
and punched the ticket to the eighth seed in the playoffs. So, fellas, how do you feel about the season? Of course, you know, loss in the first round of Tom Brady, but where do you feel? Do you feel hopeful for the future, a little uneasy, um, or, you know, how do you feel about this season? Uh, it's, it's a step. Bob, you got it. It's a step. It's a step. It. Hey, how can you not be happy they made the playoffs? Three first-round picks. Brandon Brooks just retired. Now they're starting to have money to spend in free agency. It's starting to look like I, I'm still going to go with Hurts one more year. I think you got to okay. get one more. But you have three first-round picks. You have a, a pretty good number in the second round. You have a you know, number's not that far back. And all this money's opening up. How can you not at least look and say the future's bright? You know? Okay. Makes sense. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, they. I think they kind of overachieved. I think mostly because of the record. They, they faced a lot of teams that weren't very good during that run. And so they were able to build up a lot of wins. And, you know, that's how they mostly got to the playoffs. Uh but in terms of hopeful, yeah, you definitely got, at least have some kind of form of hope for the next season because, like you said, they have the draft picks, they have some cast space. Uh, we got a young quarterback they don't have to pay a lot of money to, so that doesn't take a lot of cast space like most teams have to do. Um, got a young core of players. We got a decent offensive line or a really good offensive line um, if they're healthy. And, you know, I think mostly they have to short the defense. But other than that, I think they can actually be pretty good going forward. Uh, but in terms of coaching, they got to be better, obviously. Uh, in terms of like getting people prepared, getting people open, getting designing an offense that actually you know generates points and moves the ball effectively, because uh, they can only do seem to do one thing at a time. They can either run the ball effectively or throw the ball effectively. They can never really do both at the same time um, at a high level. But defensively, when they played good teams, it was like they would just say, "Just sit back and say, do whatever you want, just don't go deep." And their teams are like, "Okay," and it would just walk up the field on a long game. Uh, so we need playmakers on that side uh, to. You know, to force turnovers and get make plays, so they don't have to play so passively. So they like actually go after people, uh, especially good quarterbacks, because you can't just sit back against new quarterbacks. We saw against Tom Brady, we saw against Herbert. Do you think, do you think they didn't have the athletes to do it? So Gannon just said, "I'm just going to put an umbrella up so we don't get rained on." You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, uh, I think that's what it was. I don't think we had a lot of faith in those guys. I think the uh, we need senior play callers. I think. Um, they need a senior, a senior offensive coordinator, somebody that can help them along. You can't have a rookie head coach and a rookie offensive coordinator, a rookie defensive coordinator. It should have had a rookie head coach, a senior offensive coordinator, a senior defense coordinator to help him along. I think that was the problem. I also think they put Jalen Hurts in a bad situation. We keep constantly making him throw the football when, obviously, at the beginning of the season, he had no confidence in his throws. You can just see it. I, well, I wouldn't say confidence. He just, it just wasn't there. It wasn't clicking for him yet. Wasn't clicking for him, yeah. Right. He wasn't trusting his reads at all. Yeah, it's to, so in the beginning of the season, I just felt like they were putting him in bad positions so they can uh, say they need a new quarterback. You know, I just I didn't I didn't get it. I didn't understand why they were making him throw the ball 30, 40 times and his arm was just wasn't there. You know, but, and uh, does it give you some confidence that in the middle of the year Sirianni realized like that ain't our team? And it made it a different team, you know what I mean? Yes, but sitting Sirianni would do good, and then the next game he'll go back to doing the same stuff. He'll go back to just throwing the ball crazy. So therefore, you need an offensive coordinator that can be like, "Yo, no, don't do this." 
Rain them in. Is Jay, yeah, is Jalen Hurt is Jalen Hurt smart enough to come with three plays in the pocket so he can make call audibles? Or we we guess we gonna need to find all this out. I agree. With you. A lot of games. If I want to, if I want to. If I want a quarterback, I, I'm bringing him three plays in that huddle. If you don't see the defense, it begins. It goes back to the playoff game. He don't know how to read defenses. Yeah, that I mean that this was kind of obvious. Yeah, this offseason. Yeah, that sound bite on the game. Offseason, he needs to get out there and get with somebody he can learn a defense from because right now he just it's not working for him. You can't always rely on your athleticism to beat you. I mean, to beat the defense, you know, you got to, when it gets to playoff time, you can do that regular season or early season. Then they, when they get tape on you, they know how to read you. They know how to play you. He needs an, he needs a quarterback coach, like a real one. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Not somebody that Someone knows him because that quarter. Progress, progression. That they got knows him. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to ask you fellas. Do, a do y'all remember real quick? Will do y'all remember with uh, Chip Kelly? Did to Michael Vick. Remember, he made switched everything how he how he uh played quarterback. I think they need to do something yeah. with, like along those same lines. I mean, I don't want I don't want to take the kid's legs away from him, but I need him to, yeah. to to read down the field. Now, if it ain't there, now go. You know what I mean? Like, and, 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 and it's not all his fault. Yeah. No, no, I'm not these saying him. Were, yeah, these guys were missing passes, straightening their hands. They were just dropping passes. But he he did throw a lot of passes where you saw Devontae going like this. Yeah. Oh, they I mean, covered for him a lot of plays. They covered for, uh, for, for Jalen Hurts. Hey, That's one thing I noticed a lot of times, too. He was really late with a lot of throws. That was yeah, one of the biggest things. Like, it feels matching trusting what you're seeing. Uh, but also, like, the coach would go in the game. Like he said against Tampa Bay the first time. He was like, we're not going to be able to run the ball. And they hadn't even played. The game, the game hadn't even started yet. And he was like, he just already chalked up the run game. You see how they played it. And you figured the next time. They would have a different plan. It was almost the same thing. Like, oh no, we can't run the ball against these guys. You can't have that mentality. If that's your that's your identity. You gotta live and die with that identity, especially the postseason. I just think they were they were, they were playing aggressive defense. Why are you run a screen pass? Just check it out to see what that does. If they're coming the down first, hard, first five weeks were not but screen like yeah, like screens. I chalk that up to just the inexperience of the play calling because. You know, you talk about Steichen and Sirianni, and they're using Jalen Hurts, who's young. It looked like they tried to make their offense too collegiate, right? And they learned that that's not going to work in the NFL after, you know, losing five of your first seven games. Um, but like you brought up, Bob, they turned it around. They started to commit to the run, and um, they they kept using Jalen in that running game too. So I really respect the in-season adjustment. And this offseason, of course, Steichen's, uh, he's coming back. Sirianni's coming back. Um, Gannon just had his second interview with the Houston Texans. I'm hoping to God. No, I, I just read, I just read Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't mind losing his train to get out of they said Jim. They said Jim Harbaugh got that locked up. The Texans well, job? Or, uh, yeah. Oh, it was the Raiders. Because the Raiders, the Raiders hired um, I mean, the Raiders Josh McDaniel. I swear, maybe I misread it, but I swear they said no. That, no, it, it's, uh, it's it's Minnesota, Ab. It's Minnesota. That's oh, it's Minnesota. Oh, I had it. Oh, Minnesota. He'll take it if they offer. <laughs> you already said it. Yeah. So it sounds like how 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 do you guys feel? It sounds like Bob doesn't want Gannon back. He he wants Gannon to get a job and get a new DC in town. Uh, what do you guys think about your defensive coordinator? He, he got to go. He has to go. That shell defense he plays is horrible. 
Yeah, I agree. I would like to see him with more talent, but at the same time, I don't know what that's going to look like. And I don't. We can't go through their season. We're just let them guys do whatever they want and hope the be- hope for the best. You know, you can't just hope you're going to play bad quarterbacks all year because you're probably yeah, not me, going to all year long. Let me play. Let me play devil's advocate because we had horrible linebacker play, no pressure on the quarterback, defensive end. Uh, our defensive tackles played good in the beginning of the season. Toward the end, who were they? They weren't nobody. You didn't. You didn't. I mean, they they just fell off. So. I mean, Can I answer that? Can I answer yeah, that? Yeah. Why didn't you start blitzing then? With the linebackers they had, you can't blitz with – I can't remember his name. Number 49, he's slow as hell. You can't no, blitz with him. No, Singleton's actually pretty fast, but so, they kept moving him off the line instead of moving him towards it. Singleton's horrible in pass coverage. He's horrible. That's you, why you, you don't move him back, move him forward. Yeah. He, he, he kind of got better towards the season went on, but I do, to, overall, yeah, he's not that. He's, he's a good tackler, but he pursues the ball well. We have pass coverage. No, it's not real. If you're not getting yeah. pressure by your front four, then you got to say, all right, you got to go. You got you got to go in as well. Because you yeah, can't yeah. give a guy five seconds when you're playing his zone. He's going to find the open guy. I mean, even the bad quarterbacks are going to find somebody, you know, at that point. So you just bring the pressure. And say, I'll lose with pressure rather than – let you take an eight-minute drive down the field. Do y'all think uh, Josh Sweat would have made a big difference during that Tampa game? If you please? Not a big difference, but it would have looked a little different, you know, because he would have been on the sure. side of Kerrigan. So, because Kerrigan had a good game. Yeah. Like, one game. You know? When Josh Sweat <laughs> plays, man, he gets pressure. Uh, no, yeah, he, he just made a football yesterday. So. No, I, I mean, I would have – yeah, Sweat can he can play, and I, I he would big difference now. We were gonna lose that game either way because we were just outclassed in that game. No, I but, mean, listen, the first half uh, when I was watching halftime, they broke it down. If it was if Jalen Hurts had made the throws and trusted his arm and just slung it out there, we could have had some touchdowns. No, that's true. Hey, yeah, and that, that one the interception you had before the half is like exactly what I was talking about. It was just late. He was way too late on the throw, and you can't do that in NFL. You gotta be, you have to actually, you gotta anticipate the throws. You can't definitely can't be late. Because like, he's, so so he's so used to, he's so used to, he's so used to seeing a, a wide receiver quarterback, a wide receiver just wide open. He just, you know, throws it. He just, he gotta get. Do you think yeah, he like doesn't realize how strong is like his arm's not that strong, but he just thinks it is. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. But a lot of his throws, his a lot of his throws, he doesn't throw. Two feet to the ground. He doesn't throw. Yeah, he's like off balance, or he's you know moving around. Then throw. Them. So we do we really know how strong his arm is? We don't really know because he's always like moving and you know when he's. Well, I've seen a lot of deep passes this year where the receiver stopped running because he had to wait for the ball to get there. Yeah, no. Yeah. I mean, that happened a lot this year. So, with that being said, what do you guys think about the development of Jalen Hurts? I, I know, Bob, you said you're willing to give him one more year, right? Technically, this is, I mean, in his rookie season, he had four starts. So obviously this is his sophomore year, right? But he's really going into what would ultimately be his second full season. Do you think he can do what's necessary during this offseason to be the quarterback you need him to be? Or do you think since Gardner Minshew is on a one-year contract that this offseason there should be a quarterback um, I don't want to call it a controversy, 
but you know, a fight for the number one job. Do you if think I'm, there I'm should be a competition? If if I'm the GM of the Eagles and the thought that he might not be the guy is even in my head, he's not the guy. He's not the guy. So then you have to move forward and go, well, where am I going from here? But the GM of the Eagles is Howie. And Howie seems to be in on her. No, he's lying. Or am I wrong? He's no, he's not. Jeffrey's he, in on he's her. Lying. Howie's not. No, they just said Glory. Howie's still calling. He's still calling the Texans. How they, That's what I mean. Yeah. Him. Yeah, and he's still thinking about the quarterback. Was the quarterback factory he's talking about? So I don't think he'll ever settle with a guy. They, even when they had Carson, they gave him a big contract, and they immediately drafted a, a replacement. So um, I don't know. I don't. I think, but in terms of what your question, though, will like I think next year definitely at least have a competition because what's the, what's the, what's their harm in it? Um, give guys both chance, give guys equal opportunity to start. But ultimately, I think Hurts is a better player than Minshew. Uh, Minshew might be a slightly better passer, but I don't think his her ceiling and Minshew's ceiling are just way different. So I don't know why you'd want to because if you're going to go with Minshew, he's not the guy either. You know, he's just a, a spot. He's a stopgap between the guy you have now and the guy you ultimately want. Uh, Here we go. Here we go. Let's go get Jimmy G. If we're gonna switch it up, we can go get Jimmy. I G. said that G. today. I said that to my my buddy today. Bring Jimmy G in. Let him compete with Hurts. Winner starting quarterback. Jimmy G uh, has seen enough for that guy. <laughs> He's got. Yeah, I got to make some wild. I got to make some wild decisions out there. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how you can rain that in. <laughs> I mean, he, he's solid enough, but then he also makes really bizarre choices, and it's like like that. But the interception basically sealed the game. It's like, what give, are you doing, give me, man? Give me Jalen Hurts with two good receivers and see what he can do with that. Give well, me Cal, Cal, I, Calvin, Calvin Ridley. Well, well I, I I know this is going to be a like a question later, so I didn't bring it up so we can get into that. But if you do what you're saying, you you get better players around them. And he still looks like the same quarterback because he can't read the defense. He doesn't throw guys open. He waits till they're open to throw. Then what do you do at that point? Then we, then we trade everything for next year. For, well, Dan, that's two years. The uh, quarterback from Alabama, that's two years, right? He'll be out in two years? Yeah, yeah. He, 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 he won't be in the draft this year or, yeah, maybe two years. But um, hey, we trade the, I'll trade the house and get him. He looks pretty good. He, he does look like he's going to be a future uh, competitive NFL quarterback. But I'll tell you what, this might be a good – now, the Eagles already have three first-round draft picks for this draft. If they did decide that they needed to be aggressive, maybe go get a Derek Carr or somebody like that. They certainly have room to do it. Now, clearly, you don't trade three first-round picks for Derek Carr. But what I mean is you have stuff in your bag to actually expense that. Um, teams may call the Eagles for Gardner Minshew. Think about it. Tom Brady just retired, right? What's next in Tampa? Like they got to figure out what to do with their quarterback situation. If you if, know? if I was Tampa, I'll trade for Jimmy G. I will go get Jimmy G. If I'm Tampa, that well, the, I'm saying they're probably going to try to do that. If the 49ers were smart, they wouldn't turn it over to Trey Lance right away. And I'm just going to tell you, Trey Lance, exciting name, played at a very small school with very limited experience. He's not ready. He's not ready. He, he, yeah, it was proven when he was on the field this year. Shanahan was protecting him. He needs to sit at least another year. He will be ready one day. He's got an arm. He's got but legs. I don't know if the reports ready. are true. I don't know if the reports are true, but they said uh, 49ers are going to find Jimmy G a, a good trade, a team to trade to. 
They probably will because they they put so much into Jimmy. I mean, into Trey. They gotta they gotta see what they got. I'm just saying. To me, it makes sense to keep them. But for the Eagles, you know, um, I'm willing. I mean, I'm of the of the impression that the Eagles are going to go with Jalen Hurts this year, and it really be a defining season for what they're going to do for him. I would be surprised if they made a move, but teams may try to contact them to get Gardner. Um, the Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger retired. And I'm not saying Gardner is like a bona fide starter, but teams that don't really have an answer are going to look to bring in somebody that can compete. And he's got a pretty solid resume um, minus so the we'll, loss we'll, to Jacksonville, but we'll, stats, no, touchdown to interception if, ratio. If the, if the Eagles go do that, who do they get as a backup behind for Jalen Hurts? Because remember, Jalen Hurts, had, uh, I know his ankle was bad, and he might, I think he had to get surgery on the ankle. That's true. I mean, the Eagles could always keep him. He's on a one-year contract. So it really it really depends on the offer that's on the table. So that those are decisions that are up for Howie. So let me ask you guys this question. Howie, the GM, how do each of you feel about him? And do you believe, because when Howie took the team over from Chip and instantly got the team back in the Super Bowl, um, Howie was sizzling. But that sizzle has been fading over the past few years with a couple missed opportunities in the draft. So how do you feel about the decision maker in Philly and um, your his or the organization's chance to get you back to the Super Bowl? If he if he messes up this year, he got to go with these three first round draft picks. You got 10 picks in the first. Was it 10 picks in the first? Or what is it? We got 10 picks all together. I'm sorry. We got 10 picks all together. You know. If he messes up this year with duds, he got to go. He has there's no choice but to make him leave. But I mean, you need a linebacker. You need a linebacker. You need another receiver. You need you need uh, an offensive lineman. You need a quarterback. What do you, you you need these players? When you when we won the Super Bowl in 2017, Howie got Patrick Robinson, Chris Long, the Garrett Blunt. These weren't big names. They just had big years that year. So it wasn't like, you know, he was, you know, mining for gold. He was like, here, this guy will sign with us. This guy will. They just all came together that year for some reason. Um, the Eagles peaked at the right time that year. That's that's what yeah. happened. They peaked at the right time. You get – you have these three first-round picks. You have to go each level of defense with each – like, you have to go line, linebacker, secondary in the first round. You have no. To. No, we need linebacker I first. Agree. It has to go first. Linebacker has to go yeah. No, no, I'm just I mean, saying. What are you doing? Three yeah. levels, you know. Yeah, I agree. I would go. My my first three picks would be straight defense. I would go, like you said, straight defense. I would. I'll, I'll get me a receiver out the second round if I got to, or or free agency, one or the other. Mm. Yeah, I, I'm going. My first pick, three picks. I'm going linebacker, cornerback, and defensive end. Yo, I, I would go. Give, give me Devin Lloyd. I want Devin Lloyd. If my dream. He falls out the uh, first ten rounds. I mean, ten uh, the ten picks. Trade up. I'm trading to go get Daryl Stingley. I would say my dream is that the kid from Michigan starts to fall. Who uh, so uh, you got him? Have- you got him. You got Lloyd. And give me Booth at nineteen. I like Booth. Booth's pretty- uh, and then give me I I like the Saints are in cap hell. But they have that safety, and he's going to want big money, and the Eagles have money to spend. 
go get him, go get a wide receiver in free agency, and then the rest here's of your a, Here's a quick question. The, uh, the court, I, I don't, I don't know his name. The wide receiver that transferred from Ohio State to uh, Alabama that that uh tore his ACL. He tore his ACL in the um, Williams. In the game? I think his last name is yeah. Do you, and you think he's gonna fall out the first round? I he I, I I wouldn't take him in the first round. Not if I'm trying to get better because he's not gonna be himself for another year. Man, but that he's That's he can play though, man. He can that no, he's he don't know how he's gonna come back off the pick. You know, it's kinda like how Sidney Jones was a few years ago, where he was a first round talent mm-hmm. and he took him and like, well, it's like a first round pick next year. He never really quite panned out. Um three years for him to actually look like an NFL. Yeah, exactly. Though because of situations like Sidney Jones. Those players usually now, they usually fall even past the second round sometimes because you really don't know how they're going to respond, especially if they don't participate in any of the off-season activities like the combine, the um, you know, the pro days and stuff like that. So you never know. But once you get once you get out of the first few rounds, it becomes a you know he also looking to it like I was going to say, you have to look into it, too. It's not just, oh, you have a year to recover. You also probably need another year, if not more, to get back to the level yeah. of play you had before Two you got years. hurt. Two years. Yeah, so, exactly. And then, and then that time, you get a guy out there who's not looking like a guy who should be a first-round pick, a guy should be a high pick. The media's going to trash him. The fans are going to trash him. The team's going to lose confidence in him. Because, I mean, you can just face it. GMs, owners, they watch, they watch sports television. So when they see all that stuff, they hear those noise, too. So they got to – you can tell they base a lot of their decisions on what they see on television, and not just the scouting departments and stuff. Um, I, tr- I truly believe would you trade. Would you trade the second round pick for Ridley? Yeah, I would. Hey, would now, definitely would. Is Ridley going to play? That's the question. So um, I do just want to say this. Go ahead. Did you see the tweet? Did you see the, the did you see the tweet? Uh, uh, Devontae Smith sent to Ridley. No, I, I haven't. No, uh, about getting traded to the Eagles and making an Alabama. I, I didn't know Stephen really played when he went to Alabama. Yeah, he was yeah. there. Alabama to the Eagles. I didn't know that. That's you know I never paid attention to. You know what? That makes hey, the best recruiting tool for Ridley is probably on the Eagles roster right there. So you never know. Like you never know. Those are certainly good options. So um, Howie, you got a team that has some momentum going. Uh, you know, we'll see what how he does with the team. But I agree with you guys. If he misses with these draft picks, you got you said, you know, each three phases of the defense, the line, the linebacker, and the secondary. You got 15 and 16. It really doesn't matter who comes first in that regard. But you got to prioritize something. And then you got 19. Maybe you go up and get somebody like a Stingley. You got a lot of options, right? And um, everything that's done, everything the Eagles do is always about getting back to the Super Bowl. And you know what? Speaking of Super Bowl, the last time the Eagles were in the Super Bowl, they actually defeated the GOAT, Tom Brady himself. Tom Brady, who just now uh, retired and called it a career. So let's talk about Tom Brady for a second here. Um, You know, Tom Brady, inarguably, the most productive, greatest quarterback of all time. 22 seasons, 10 Super Bowl appearances. So he's almost been in the Super Bowl half of his career. Um, Seven Super Bowl wins, five Super Bowl MVPs. 
the most wins by a quarterback of all time, 278, and he's got a 77 win percentage throughout his career. That is ridiculous. All-time leader in passing yards, completions, and touchdowns, most game-winning drives, most most fourth-quarter comebacks, and simply put, the most swaggy resume of any quarterback ever. I don't think anybody can argue that. But what do you guys think? Is Tom Brady the GOAT? Hey. Can I go first? Can I go first? I gotta go hey, first. You got it. He's not. He, he's not the goat. He's not. I don't he's, care what y'all say. Okay. This is a quarterback-friendly era in football. Yes or no? Okay. You cannot. If I look at the goat, like Michael Jordan, I can drop Michael Jordan in any era of basketball, and he will dominate. Yes or no? That is true. True. I can't drop. I can't drop Tom Brady when Dan Marino. Joe Montana and all them guys, Steve Young, you know, beginning of Steve Young career, and where they were taking suplexing quarterbacks. He does not like to be touched. <laughs> wow, when man. He played, when he played the front four, not the band's numbers, you can't you can't go wrong. You know, I, call him, I call him Tom Terrific because he's just, you know, he's a killer. When it comes to the fourth quarter, two minutes left, he's a killer. But if I look at Tom, in the, the the early 90s, late 80s, I don't know if Tom's going to be good because they can turn around and suplex you. Mm. Who do you think Tom would look like then? And if Tom was in the 90s, what quarterback oh, do you man. think he would look like? Um, that's a I just, question. Jeez. The only thing yeah. I look at Tom when he when he played that front four of the Giants, he did not play well. But he was 17-0 going into that game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's hard to find quarterbacks to do well under constant pressure anyway. So it's, it's – Yeah. If you can get to the quarterback, you can, just, you can make anyone look bad. Yeah. Well, but I, mean, I, mean, I don't – being Eagles fans, none of us like him because we know he cheated. We have proof <laughs> he did it twice. But okay. take two Super Bowls away, he still has five. So, I mean – Hey. What do like you think, Jason? Is Tom Brady the GOAT? Um – I want to say yes, but the thing, the thing is, some of the stuff, some statistics in terms of the wins and Super Bowls, is kind of based on the fact he's always had really, really good teams. And the reason why he's had really, really good teams is because he never took one of those monster contracts that almost every other quarterback takes. Uh, where he, they never, he never had a, a really money. good receiver. He never had a really good receiver other than uh, he had Moss for two years. He had Wes Walker, Gronkowski. He had You can't put Wes Walker on the outside. You can't put him out there. You didn't necessarily need to. He's still dominant. Yeah. He did play in the Super Bowl last year with Evans, Godwin, and Antonio Brown and Gronk. So, I mean, yeah, kind of takes away uh, yeah. he's never had a good receiver right there. Man, I don't know if you guys will agree with me on this, but if I had to compare Tom Brady to a 90s quarterback, right, if, I, if, like, if Tom Brady's career took place in the 90s, I honestly think he would look a lot like Troy Aikman. Just being honest, Troy Aikman was pinpoint accurate. So is Tom Brady. Not mobile, had talent around him, and Troy was a good quarterback. Nobody's ever yeah. going to call Troy Aikman the GOAT, though. Um, could Troy Aikman be the GOAT in this era? Well, with his skill set, if he played for Bill Belichick and, you know, they put the Wes Welker out there with him, um, you know, the yak run after the catch and you, you protected him consistently. Well, maybe I'm going to I'm going to give you a quick fact that proves that wrong. Tom Brady has thrown for more touchdowns since he was 40 than Aikman did his whole career. 
That's true. And again, I'm not disrespecting Tom Brady. I think he's terrific. But like Ab said earlier, hey, this hey, is the era the, of the quarterback. They, they, thank you. They protect the, 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 the defensive can't... backs can't cover the receivers the way they used to, right? And that allowed for the pass rush to get to the quarterbacks a lot more. Where you breathe on Tom Brady, he is calling the ref. I know. I, we watched it the first playoff game. Friggin' Barnett picked him up and laid him down and got a 15-yard penalty. Mm. So no, but the roughing stuff and the, the really sensitive pass defense, that's for he played in the era before that because that's like they changed the rule to turn you can't really touch the quarterback after you tore his ACL uh, yeah. on a little hit. But he already had won, what, like three Super Bowls before that. Be so, great. Yeah. Be yeah, so. Great. Yeah. yeah. So, so, I mean, so it's it, he played a lot. He, he, I mean, because you got to consider the fact he started when he was like in his early twenties, and he played to his mid forties. So he played a lot of different areas of football. Yeah, um, twenty-two seasons. So, I think he would. I think he would still be dominant because he knows he one. The defenses are not as complex uh, uh-huh. back then as they are now, and he right. can read almost every defense. Uh, so I think he would be just as dominant um, in any era, really, because he's a decent. He's a really good quarterback. It's not like he's yeah. been. He's been protected by the rules. I, I would like you look at someone like Kirk Cousins. That guy, that's a guy that's protected by a lot of the rules today. Like he looks a lot better than he actually is. Not to say he's a bad quarterback. It's yeah, just right. that he's he's just okay, but his numbers look like wow, this guy's amazing. But then you actually watch him, it's like no, he's not. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, really, really. Wow, that's a very good point. So I'm gonna ask you, Jason. Um, great argument for Tom Brady. Who's the greatest of all time? If you had to pick between. Because you agree Tom Brady could probably play in any court in any era because it's all up here. Michael Jordan could probably play in any era because he's a supreme athlete and is also all up here. Who's the real greatest of all time? If you had to pick between MJ and TB12, who's your GOAT? I'm still probably going to go Brady because he, just, he never bailed on the team. You know what okay. I mean? Like, he quit like Jordan quit right to the finals after his dad passed away, which I totally understand, you know. And then yeah. he quit again after the last at the last dad season. Then he came back in his forties. He came back in his late thirties, early forties. I think if he had played that entire time, then his resume—not a resume, but like his stats and everything—you would probably look a little bit different. Um, but and it's hard to say, like, all right, well, Jordan changed the game. Jordan, Jordan did change the game culturally. Uh, changed the game a little bit in terms of how he plays. He started playing more outside than inside when he started. When he, took over the league, but then so did Brady because a lot of the rules we just talked about, how you can't really trust the quarterbacks. You can't really, you can't really defend people how you used to be able to defend people. Um, they got the league, got more pass friendly, but they got more quarterback friendly because quarterbacks became the face of the league. Uh, so Brady had a say in a part of that changing the game in that respect too. But I mean, it's just hard to take guys won what, like seven, ta- seven championships. Uh, the records he has in the 50 touchdown seasons, he had uh, almost an undefeated season in the modern football, which is should be unheard of. Uh, it, it's tough. It's not by like a, not like by a mile or something like that. But I would say I would definitely still go Brady over Jordan. Hey, if, if, if five if five beats four, seven beats six. I don't know. Ab, you've been shaking. Oh, Bob. But let's 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 take Ab first because Ab yeah, he been shaking his head as soon as Jason uh, said Brady. <laughs> Obviously, your goat is Air Jordan, right? Okay. Do y'all remember? I think it was the Air Up There, uh, you know, documentary he did. Did you ever see Michael Jordan throw football? 
I don't remember. Remember, he was on his back deck of his house, throwing like fifty yards down the field. Y'all remember that? I don't remember. Y'all remember that? Nah, I think I it was the air affair. That was about right. I saw the come fly. I didn't see the air affair. Was it come fly? It was one of the. I forget which one it was. Can you take Tom Brady and put him in basketball? And he, Michael Jordan probably could be an athlete in football. Tom Brady, you cannot put him in basketball and think he's going to be good. He's a well, stiff dick out there. Excuse me. I don't know if I can say that on here. but We're going to have to beat that one out at 46-37. But anyway. <laughs> he's stiff. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't know. To me, the GOAT, I want, I want to, for my GOAT has to can play multiple different sports. You know what I'm saying? He's my GOAT. But you never me. seen I mean, Tom Brady me. shoot a basketball with his back on the deck either, so you don't know how that is. Yeah, like you, you know, know how good. In Jordan terms, can have like a strong arm or be really fast, but doesn't mean he actually can play football at a high level. Because you can be super athletic and not necessarily be that good. You, you know, go, go, I man, you're, you're right about that. Football, basketball, Iverson's the way you go. That, oh, yeah. Let's let's. I mean, yeah. all good points, right? But based on career accolades and accomplishments, right? If you I'm talk about the greatest there, of all time in, in sports, right, based on how the career played out, are you taking Tom Brady or Michael Jordan? Michael Jordan. MJ. Both Jordan of you, MJ. Ten in a row if he didn't keep retiring. So, mm. Listen, but we don't know. Okay, let's say this. No, 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 no. I got to say this one, Jason, when you talked about him retiring. That man's father got murdered. You don't know what kind of mental play that played on that man's mind. If Tom Brady's dad got murdered, do you know what kind of mental play that would play on his mind? You don't know that, for one. You get oh, what I'm for saying? Sure. So, so for sure. So I'm not cannot, saying he's like you, he was like a sucker or anything like that. I know, but you can't say because he he took time off and he did what his dad always wanted to play baseball, right? I, I might have that wrong. Is that what he did? His dad always wanted to play baseball or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. more or less. Yeah. I think, I think that's what it was. So he went to do what his yeah. dad wanted to do. Tom Brady, I mean, I, I like Tom. Like I said, Tom's numbers are crazy. But Michael Jordan and, and Tom Brady, last two minutes, I'm giving – I want Tom Brady to have my football. Out of any quarterback in any era, give it to Tom Brady. You know, I just think I he's a killer. That. Michael yeah. Jordan, last shot, I'm giving it to MJ. I agree. Okay. Yeah. Hey, I, I will say this about Mike. Um, if I had to pick a goat between Tom Brady and Mike, it's actually a lot closer than um, – than it's really close to me because – Everything Jason said, I agree with. But I'll actually, Mike is the GOAT because, to me, Mike left basketball and went and wasn't good at something. He, I mean, he went and played baseball. He was doing it for like a year and some change. He wasn't that great at it. And he came back to basketball wearing a 4-5, right? First game wasn't really his best game, but then he dropped a double nickel, right? Then he put the 23 back on and went, you know, they lost in the play. That team, they lost to the Orlando Magic, right? But that was the year he didn't play the full season. Right after that, Mike, in my opinion, crowned himself because he went back in the lab. Number 23 was back at it, and the Bulls went to three straight. Like, he he did – he three-peated twice. And to me, um, that that is that, – that's – Mike's undefeated, in my opinion, right? Um, but championships are everything. Tom Brady is known for getting to the Super Bowl. So let's talk about Super Bowl 56, where we are going to have the Cincinnati Bengals 
Nobody would have ever said that they would be in this game, you know, if you want to go back to August. Going up against the L.A. Rams, who have mortgaged their future to get to this point. If our co-host James Woody was here, he would say the most pressure is on the Rams, and that's why he's been riding with the Rams this whole time. Uh, fellas, who do you think is going to win this game and why? I think the Rams will because they bought it. I hope the Bengals do because <laughs> they built it. So, okay. Yeah. Mic drop right yeah. there. I like that. Yeah, hey, nothing you can say about that. <laughs> hey, I think it just that- shows you both the ways to build Super Bowl, Super Bowl teams. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. all right, you give up a lot, so you got to hope you. this is kind of like you have to win now. Uh, the Bengals probably have some more time, so they don't have to necessarily have to pay Burrow for the next, what, two years or so. Uh, so they have a chance to really, really do something that, like, you, in my opinion, you have to win a Super Bowl. You have a credit quarterback like you have a Burrow. You have to win them before you have to pay them because once you get to pay them, you kind of have to gut the team. You need to gut the offensive line or get to gut the defense. You have to go through a bit of a rebuild. So you have you need the draft picks for that. The Rams are like, we're all in in this right now, so we're going to try to win as many as we can before this whole thing falls apart, everyone gets too old or, you know, whatever happens. Um, in terms oh. of what they're going to win, I think the Rams are probably the more complete team. So I think they'll probably – I think they should be able to win it. Um, but just for the fact that it might be a feel-good feel good story, I'm, I'm kind of pulling for the Bengals a little bit because it's like – it's the Cincinnati Bengals, maybe. Most of our lives, they've been bad. <laughs> they've been, like, real bad. Or they've just been kind of okay. So it's just like you're thinking about it like, wow, you know, that – I like as Eagles fans, we know what that's like. You know, you're almost there. Well, we were a lot better than the Bengals have been since the '90s. But the, the fact of the matter is, though, is that we know what it's like to not have a championship and then finally get one. And it's almost like, you know what? It'd be cool if they got that. The Rams, the, the fans are barely even really fans because it's just they keep moving, they keep moving from city to city. So they're not necessarily <laughs> like they're a strong fan base. Yeah. Where it's just like, wow, we really love this team. It's like, uh, all right. Well, I look at Burrow's wardrobe, and I'm like, that kid's. <laughs> Himself, man. Turtlenecks with big chains. And then they asked him, like, are those real diamonds? He's like, I make too much money to wear fake diamonds. I'm like, <laughs> Joe's Joe cool, man. He's so swaggy with it. What do they call um, him? You know, look, I'll tell you what, as far as the Bengals are concerned, people will say the Rams have the most pressure because the Rams bought their team. They, they're set to go seven straight years without a first-round pick. I've never in my life, my timeline, seen a team continue to pull from their future to build the right now. But, hey, they got to the Super Bowl. They got Matt Stafford. They are there. It's paying off. You got to win the game. You got Von Miller. You got OBJ, right? You got a lot of pressure to win are right they, now. Are they, ever in camp, are they ever in camp, uh, uh, cap, cap Hill, like the Rams? They, they, they've been in. They've been tight against the cap, but they work it out. The can down down the road. They they keep kicking the can. They've been working it out. Honolulu, because this ain't working. Yeah. So the thing is this: there is a lot of pressure on the Rams, but I'll argue that there's equal pressure against the Bengals for some of the reasons that you said, Jason. Because you get to this moment, a franchise that has never been to this moment. A franchise that hasn't won a playoff game since 1991. Anything can happen. 
You don't know if this moment's going to happen again, right? You got to take advantage of this moment right here, right now. Yes, Joe Burrow is, he's the quarterback. You know, he's there. Um, they really have a, a pretty complete team. Um, the first offense ever to have, a, um, you know, a running, a thousand yard rusher, 2,000 yards receivers, all be 25 or, or less in a 4,000 yard passer. Um, you know, the so they're young in the court spots on offense. You could assume that they'll be competing for years, right? But they can have a dynasty when, when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, you know, I thought they were game, every year, yeah. When the Eagles won the Super Bowl, they were young. We thought that the Eagles would be competing for a dynasty, right? They haven't been back. And look now, now we're wondering if their quarterback is the guy. And this is just maybe like five seasons ago. So you never know. I'm just going to say the Bengals have a lot of pressure on them. I'm definitely pulling for the Bengals so hard. I don't know if they can win, but, you know, I didn't think they would beat the Chiefs. So, you know, if you had it, so go, go ahead. You know, take some Jason? Yeah, I was going to say – a whole, the whole week, I kept watching people on like television and seeing people on podcasts. I'm talking about that. And they're like, oh, the Chiefs, there's no chance. It's Cincinnati. They'll never win. But they weren't really looking at it from the fact that the Cincinnati Bengals had beat the Chiefs uh, like three weeks before that. And both yeah. teams are competing. So it was right. like, I think they can beat them. I didn't know if they would, but I think, I think they can. It was like everything they were saying in terms of why they were going to win was so superficial. It was like, well, they're playing an arrowhead and they're Cincinnati. It's like, but is the team good enough to beat the other team? And the answer was, yeah. It's just, you know, you got to put it together. Now, could you yeah, have predicted that the fell off a cliff like that in the second half? No, you couldn't yeah. have predicted that. Or that Mahomes returned to Brett Favre at the end and just forced the ball for no reason? You couldn't have predicted that. But that's football. Sometimes you make mistakes and you got to capitalize on them, and she was it. Yeah, I mean, have we, have, did we give Mahomes too much credit because he played on a really good team early? Oh. You know what I'm saying? Like, we had him saying the best court. I mean, the guy played two years. He signed a $450 million contract. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say we gave Mahomes too much too early because he is still elite. I mean, that boy is talented. Okay. But I just think, the, you know, last year in the Super Bowl, offensive line broke down. You get to the quarterback, you're going to win. This year, like sneakily, the Bengals had the master. They're down 21 to 3. And there's like we're not letting Tyreek Hill touch the ball again. Tyreek went the second half without a reception because they just spied on everywhere he was at. There was a spy, and that's why Mahomes looked like he was doing too much because he was trying to go to his comfort zone. He was holding the ball longer. They weren't even really trying to sack him. They were just like, if we get in Tyreek's way, he's not going to know where to go with the football. We just want to make sure he doesn't run. And what, about, what about this? Because you just said, um, you know, Mahomes was under pressure in the Super Bowl. I just watched a playoff game where Burrow got sacked nine times and still had his team to a win on the road. That's true, but a lot of those sacks were, I would say, I would say at least four of those nine sacks were because Burrow was he didn't he didn't hold he was holding the ball too long, right? But still, still a great point. It's not like you can't do it, but no matter what, if the quarterback is under pressure, if they're getting knocked down, they're getting beat up, it's going to be harder for them to come back the more consistently it happens, right? No, I, but, would, um, I would pull a Rams and trade all, like, these three, the next two first-round picks for Mahomes. So I'm not saying he's not, like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying. No, nah, I hear you. So let's make a pick. Who's winning the game, Jason? Rams or Bengals? I, I'm, I'm still going 
I'm gonna go Bengals. I'm just gonna go Bengals. Ooh, okay, what's the score? Going what's the score? If you had to pick a score, what's Ooh. the score? Uh, let's say I'm gonna lose regular sports guy. Thing. Say thirty. Say thirty-one twenty-four. Thirty-one twenty-four. Bingo. Uh, Bob, Rams or Bengals? Who's winning? I'm gonna go Bengals, and I'm gonna go thirty-one twenty-eight because every other playoff game came down to a field goal. So okay, McPherson, McPherson, McMoney, uh, Ab, Rams or Bengals? I'm going with the Rams. I think the the Rams defensive line is too much for the uh, for the Bengals offensive line. Score and the score, man. Thirty-one twenty-seven. Thirty-one twenty-seven. I'm going with thirty. To 24, Cincinnati. I don't know how they're going to do it, man, but that's really because I'm cheering for them, right? Hey, let's transition from all this football talk and let's go to the court side, specifically Broad Street, where one, two, three, four, five, sixers have been balling this year. Um, look, a half game out of first place in the NBA season, 50 games into it. Impressive win recently over the Memphis Grizzlies, who are surging as a young team without Joel Embiid. Uh, Joel is hands down an MVP candidate this year. He's having his most statistically dominant year. Ben Simmons, who traditionally was a de facto number two, hasn't even stepped on the court this year because of the personal reasons that we will absolutely be talking about. But um, hey, the Sixers, man, they're right there knocking on the door to be the first team um, in the East. The Nets haven't gotten it together. Uh, the Bucks are still good, but they're not as consistent. Um, the Sixers, can can they make a run? Can this be the year the Sixers get to the finals? Um, Bob, start us off. Um yes, because I don't think I don't think the, the East is that strong. I think, you know, if you have a guy like Embiid who's just dominating, yes, you, you can get there. Uh, I went to the game Saturday, and I I watched, I was watching, it was awesome. I loved it. But I've been saying for about two months, trade Simmons to the to the Kings, give me Halberton and Heald, I'm fine. I'm fine with that. Halberton put 38 points up in that game. I, the whole time, I'm like, how good would he look, right? Because we have Tobias. You know, I, I give him credit. He's got heart. But I need a guy who can shoot, not a guy who just, like, plays hard. You know what I mean? Like, Sim has played hard. Never shot the ball. But you have, I don't want them to waste this season with MB. You're right. watching something that you might not – I mean, the guy averaged 34, 11, five assists, two blocks a game in a whole month. You don't see that often. And he went he up is, against everybody. But. He's dominating the paint. Uh, Jason, what's your take on the, on the state of the Sixers and uh, what they can actually do this year? What's their ceiling? Um, I think they still. I think you still probably get out the first round, second round. Well, I guess we'll see. I Embiid is playing great. Embiid's playing on a high level. The only person you probably say is playing better than him was probably Jokic. But um, other than that, I don't trust the consistency of anyone else on that team especially in the postseason. Uh, Tobias historically has been terrible in the postseason. Uh, Maxi, Shake disappear. Furkan disappears. Thibel has some just insane fouls in that, foul, in that, in that Hawk series. And people would kind of brush under the rug because they were so mad at Ben. Um, 
so it's just tough to say, okay, we're going to be able to do anything or the Sixers are going to be able to do anything because you don't know based on the fact that if it's only Embiid, can the one, can one guy, is he that good, can he just carry a team to a finals? I don't know. I think you're going to need contributions from people. You're going to need people to step up and actually play, if not like better than their station, but like at least play to their station. And I don't know if they really can. So I think they got guys in roles that maybe they're not comfortable doing. Like I don't think Tobias is necessarily a guy you should be looking for to be your best perimeter player. Um, I don't know if Maxie is necessarily ready to take on that role of being like an all-star caliber starting point guard in the NBA. Because we probably he's inconsistent. Like he had with 33 last night, but the next I think the night before he had maybe 12. You never know what he's going to do each night. You know, Tobias might go through a stretch where he's playing great, and then he might go through a stretch where he can't hit anything. Um, Burkhan does that almost every year. First Embiid, though, that's why his numbers go down because yeah. he prefers to Embiid. He says you don't. For sure, but then you, that's that's part of the problem, though, because you kind of, as a guy, you can't just say, okay, we're going to give up all this one guy all year, all game. At some point, you have to be a threat yourself. And sure, you might be able to get by in the regular season, saying, okay. Keep giving the ball to Embiid, and I'm going to fill in the gaps. When the postseason teams are going to try to take him away, and you've got to be ready to step up. And if it's just I'm going to defer, I'm going to defer and defer, you got to have the mentality like, no, I'm better than the guy across from me, or I'm going to challenge the guy across from me. I I don't see that from almost anyone else except Embiid on that team enough, and I don't see them doing it consistently enough to say that okay, they're going to be able to make noise in the postseason. Um, in reference to the idea of the trade, I'm thinking the same thing, and I know people, I know I think they're thinking in with them is that. Oh, if we hold on to Ben. We can make the trade for, uh, for Harden in the post in the offseason. But if you trade for Hill to Halliburton, you can still make that same trade because if if Harden is telling them I'm leaving, they're going to have to make a trade. Bottom line, they're going to do a sign a trade. And sign and trades are not notoriously not even. Like uh, when when the Sixers uh, traded Jimmy Butler to the Heat, we got Josh Richardson back. Josh Richardson is a decent player, but he's not Jimmy Butler. Right. You know, so um, notoriously sign and trades are just lopsided. I mean, Kevin Durant was traded for D'Angelo Russell. That doesn't make any sense. That's a phenomenal point. And see, like, you have Hal Burton, you'd have Heald, you have all the, and then, you know, all Harden has to say is, I'm going to Philly. So either get something for me or I bounce out of the contract, go there anyway. So, so Ab, what's your take on, you know, the Sixers ceiling this year? They got to make a trade. I like I like uh Jason said Tobias is inconsistent. I'm trading Tobias Harris. That's some I'm looking to trade him too. Um I would go get Jason Collins. I don't know how we worked it with the Hawks. I don't know if he worked out his problems with the Hawks, but I'm gonna go get him. Um I think we need a power forward. It takes some of the pressure off and beads. Um we do need some shooters. So if we make both those, I don't know how we can do it, but you know, let's get us a power forward. And let's get us another shooter. We, I think, we'd be good to go. But I mean, I like Buddy Hill too. Don't don't get me wrong, because you know he, you know, Buddy Hill is a great. I always, I wanted Buddy Hill since college. Here's the thing about the Kings, though. It was just reported that the Kings have ended trade talks with the Sixers, and quote is they don't believe there is a pathway to acquire to realistically, they said, acquire Ben Simmons. So, you know, within this next week where the trade deadline finalizes, I don't, you never know. That could just be talk now. Maybe Maury, you well, know, you, softens because would you, listen, would you trade Al Buddy Hill and Tyrese Halliburton? You can make a run through the East this year, just like you said, Jason and Bob. And you can, that trade is always still available next year because if Harden says I'm out, 
you, all you gotta do is trade for him. Like the, the trade isn't yeah. going to be equal. It doesn't can't have to be this. Ben Simmons. Can't waste this year with Embiid. You can't. If Ben Simmons yeah. turn around right now, if you were the GM of the Sixers, Ben Simmons turn around and say he want to play for the Sixers, would you let him play for you? Well, I, I'd be like, just stay yeah. where you are. <laughs> stay where you are. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know because it's not just that he's been away. It seems like they don't like him. Like, internally, they don't seem to like him. Like, the players on the team don't seem to like him, especially Embiid doesn't seem to like him. So the chemistry problem is going to be there, and he's also going to get booed, and he's going to get mocked, and it's going to be just a headache. It's more of a distraction. Him playing, I think, will be way bigger distraction than him actually just staying away. Exactly. You exactly. absolutely anyway. can. You cannot turn to Ben Simmons right now if he's willing to play. Um, because listen, if maybe a month ago, if he was willing to play, because you can have him kind of build his trade value again. But right now, where you're going into the All Star break, imagine if you're Maxi, right, or even Seth Curry, or or anyone, Shake, and. This guy who's been absent all this time, hasn't been caring about the team, has wanted to go out, is coming in and taking your minutes. There's going to be a huge ripple effect that Sixers might lose in the first round. That that whole team would crumble from within if you put Ben Simmons out there right now. Uh, that would definitely be risky so, business. So I, I said tr trade Tobias. Do you think you what, what you think about that? Well, he, he you I, have to, you have to add something in because his contract's an albatross, man. You can't get yeah, it. I, I agree. I do agree, though. Um, even last season, where people were trying to say, like, we should make a deal for the Harden deal was up there on the table before last season. I was saying, you know what? I would rather have been than Tobias. It's not, it's because I think he's just what he brings defensively and what he brings in transition. It's just what you get out of Tobias, you can get out of a James Harden, obviously. And I think that maybe he's not, I didn't, he, He's a good player. You just can't have him on a team where he's relied on to be okay. You're our primary pri uh, perimeter scorer. He's a, he's a, he was a primary ball handler. He was a primary shooter. He was a primary scorer. That's just not something that's going to work. Um, not for him. He could be on teams with like better players for sure, but just as the guy, that doesn't work. The only thing with James Harden that scares me is his age, man. He will be what? He's thirty two, I think. Yeah, uh, he's thirty one, so be thirty two or thirty three. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, okay. The, when the season starts next year, thirty three. I, I, okay. I don't know if I want to trade one in the deal. He's still a cold blooded, a cold blooded scorer, though. And I, I just don't think he fits in Brooklyn like he thought he would. It's hard, man. They, they tried. He played the point. It's hard, but I think that Harden and Embiid on a pick. Embiid has never played with a guy who he can run the pick and roll with. You know, like effectively. Like if Simmons would shoot, they could have effectively done it. But Simmons won't shoot. Um, that's why, to me, it's no surprise that Embiid is averaging twenty nine this year. He can just do whatever he wants in the paint because that double team isn't coming as consistently as it does when Ben Simmons is on the court and he's not a threat to shoot. But you know, the Sixers will see what the trade deadline brings uh, to Philly. Uh, this is always an exciting time of year in the NBA. Who's going to get better? Sixers are a competitive team. We'll see if Maury softens up his stance. Um, if you had to bet money on it, right? Ben Simmons being traded at the deadline. Everybody, would you place your bet? Yes or no? He's gone. Yeah. No. They, they won't waste this year of Simmons. I mean, that of MB. They will not trade. So, Bob, you say he's gone. Ed, you he, say he stays? He's not getting traded. He's not getting traded. Jason. I don't think he's going to be moved. I think he would have already been moved if they were going to do it. Okay. I, I, I think – did you, did, but did you hear what Maury said? 
Maury said this might be four years by the time this happens. So his contract might be up the time this whole yeah, year. And then you know what's gonna happen in so three weeks, and Bede's gonna say, trade me in the offseason if this is what we're doing. Yeah. Maury I don't think Maury's gonna be GM here that long. <laughs> if he just refuses to make a deal, I don't think he would have been fired a long time ago. <laughs> oh man. Well, listen, Maury is definitely a uh, a tough bargainer, man. And we'll see. We'll see if he softens up his stance and trades Ben at the trade deadline. But I would not be surprised if Ben is just still on the Sixers uh, roster, but not even on the bench uh, after the trade deadline. But let's trade him for uh, for Damian Lillard. Well, hey, we'll see. Dame's injured right now. Um, that may be an <laughs> yeah, offseason no. option. Oh, but I would trade him for yeah. Jamie Lillard's cousin. I don't even care. So Dame doesn't want to leave, and Portland doesn't have really have incentive to move anyone because it they're in a position where it doesn't matter if they're good or not. The fans will still wow. want to come to the games. <laughs> There's no real right. incentive to be better. Yeah, they said, hey, they're a championship team, and they want to got Cody. They got Cody Zeller in the offseason. And they was like, build a championship team. And that's what they got. I'm like, all right. If that's what you can do. Then, all yeah, right. That, that that be weird, right. I heard a trade today. You tell me what you think. It was the Sixers getting like a bunch of side pieces and a bunch of picks from Memphis and Ben going to Memphis and playing point and playing like point forward with Ja and yeah. see, I think it will work as long as Ben is playing on a team that doesn't have a dominant interior presence, it could work. Because be the guy down low, yeah. You can go. But um how about training how about training New York? Trade them to Australia. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Well, let's actually get to our final segment of the day. Uh here we go, yo. Here we go, yo. So what's so what's the scenario? I probably could have did a better job at that, but hopefully you guys <laughs> got your <laughs> trivia down back. I'm gonna start it off with a question right so i have a scenario for you and i want you to tell me who does this relate to right here's the scenario there is a current nfl coach in the league who in 2002 actually beat out hall of fame wide receiver calvin johnson for georgia player of the year and coach i'm just gonna leave it at coach Tell me, who is it? Uh, it's between two people, and I'm trying to remember which oh, one it was. I, I got it. <laughs> All right, Jason. I think, it's, I think it's Zach Taylor, isn't it? Okay. I'm not I'm going to confirm or deny it. Okay. Well, that's wrong. Yeah. Uh, I guess we. I oh. guess what I just have to say that's wrong. Okay. Oh, okay. So it's the other guy. Okay. <laughs> Who's the other guy? Name Oh, McVay. McVay. McVay's okay. Ab, what do you say? You got nothing to say. Okay. That's a good question. All I can like he was a wide receiver in high school and he beat out Calvin Johnson for player of the year. It's not yeah. Sirianni, is it? Oh no. god, so, that would be crazy. No, because he was a wide receiver. <laughs> that would be hilarious. <laughs> I'm like like Davey did recount those votes if that's what happened. <laughs> Man, I respect you guys for um, you know, actually he was a running back. I lied. Uh, but the answer is Sean McVay. He was a running back. He had 40 oh, touchdowns. 
you know, and over 2,600 yards rushing. Uh, Sean McVay was a high school phenom, and he beat Calvin Johnson for player of the year. Little, little, little bit on Sean McVay. Don't sleep on Sean McVay, man. He's been on a big stage for a while. And um, so one point for Jason, right? Uh, who's next with the question? I'm trying to get on I'll board. Go. Bob, go. let's go. All right. Now, this is it's a game. Like, so I'm not gonna say this guy did this. Yeah, right. do your thing. Two teams on the field. Two teams on the field. Mother nature decides to intervene. They won't stop the game. They make a play. It was the most bogus call ever. What am I talking about? Fog bowl. Uh, Bears. Got it. You got it. Ooh. Okay. Jason racking up the points. Stole Jason two on the board. Okay. Okay. So Jason, all right, you, take <laughs> you take us to the next question. Oh, man. That was absurd to come play that game. <laughs> all right, so we all know that Clay Thompson has a record for most threes in the quarter with nine, right? Who's second? This has happened recently. Happened recently. Yeah. Oh man, I ain't called NBA this year. Malik Monk. Actually, it's actually like four guys tied for four, tied for second. Um, but yeah. who? Maybe the one of them schooled me. I'm gonna go with Malik Monk. But before you confirm or deny, no. Ed, Bob, who you got? Oh man! In a quarter, I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go Harden. Nah, you didn't guess so. Yeah, a lot, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he takes a lot of them. So <laughs> he might have the record for most attempts in a quarter. Yeah, I look that one up. Oh, for sure. <laughs> oh, wasn't it? I don't know, Steph Curry. I'm going to look up. Can I go with Curry? That's a good guess, too, but no, it wasn't that either. You got, you know, oh, you're the guest for a month. No, it was Kelly Oubre with eight. Kelly wow. Oubre with eight. Wow. Was, wow. wow. That, that, that was a recent game. game when he, I think he had 39, right? Yeah. He was terrible. The fourth quarter hit to the eight threes in the quarter. It was insane. Wow. Like, the other three guys, Michael Red did it, Joe Johnson did it, and Kevin Love did it. All, all those guys had eight in the quarter. Wow. Kevin Love? Yeah. yeah, Kevin Love used to be a good. Man, Minnesota days, he was a gun. <laughs> Minnesota days, he was just fire. They had no one else. So. He had no cares <laughs> in the world in Minnesota. Man, that's a great scenario there. All right, um, Ab. Okay, I got one. This is a shit. This is a draft. This is a draft question. All right, guys. He's one of my top three favorite players. He was drafted in the nineteen ninety seven draft. Okay, go so get that back. Come on, bring that ticker back. He was drafted the ninth pick, first round, ninth pick. Who was he? First round, ninth which, pick. Which league? Nineteen ninety. NBA. NBA. I'm draft. sorry. NBA. NBA Dirk Nowitzki. Yes. Dirk Nowitzki. Oh. Okay. You talking basketball? I was about to start naming football dudes. I'm like, what? Yeah, I'm so was I NBA. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. NBA. Yeah. Dirk Nowitzki. Right. Nineteen ninety seven draft. Um. It's not Dirk. Paul Pierce. No, it's not Paul Pierce. Larry Hughes. Not Larry Hughes either. I said Man. one of my top three favorite players. You said I'm going to Larry to where he's one of your favorite players. players. <laughs> 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 like Larry Hughes is like your neighbor or something. Cut your lawn. Oh, I'm tripping. <laughs> we talking about Kobe? Yeah. AI was drafted oh, wow. in '97. I don't know why I'm thinking Paul. No, Pierce. no, 
I, Kobe drafted no, but AI man. was the first overall pick. 96. I'm saying Kobe was drafted the ninth overall 13. pick. He was 13. In oh, Kobe was 13. I'm yeah. gonna give you. I'm gonna give you. Give you a little, little, little trivia tidbit to help you out. You ready? He has a cousin that plays in NBA too. Tracy. McGrady. Oh, Tracy McGrady. Yeah, oh, I beat you. That one's mine. Oh man, <laughs> Tracy McGrady. Hey, that was good, man. Hey, all good facts. Uh, Jason, you go home the winner. Um, nice. Let's clap it up for you, man. Let's clap it up for you. Um, you know, we're gonna get you a side to side t shirt. Um, you know, nice. you know, at the hey, we're gonna be repping our side to side colors. Um, fans, ladies and gentlemen, we want you to come on the sports cast with us. We want you to call it how you see it, call it how you saw it, call out the fans who didn't see it how you saw it, represent your teams, represent your favorite players, and just display. Your sports knowledge, uh, Ab, Jason, Bob. It's been a great show. Thank you for representing the two one five and holding it down. Thank you for representing side to side sports nation. That's all we got for today. We out. <clears throat>